Today on Recur Now, we dive deep into a new breed of funds raised for female founders. And Leela Srinivasan graces the spotlight once more as today's subscription sapient. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it is Monday, September 23rd. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. On our radar today, Gartner recognizes Ativio as a leader in its 2019 Gartner Magic Quadrant for Insight Engines. Lookiero closes $19 million led by MMC Ventures to be the stitch fix for Europe. And Jordan Morrow from Click releases his seventh course with Pluralsight. Extra info on these headlines and more is included in our subscriber newsletter. But if you're not yet signed up, head to recurnow.com to get on the list. And now over to Abby with your extended headlines. Stripe announces it's raising another 250 mil at a $35 billion valuation in steps to fuel its growth. After a week of launching new services to bring this payments giant into the areas of lending and credit, the money will be aimed at launching additional products, fueling international reach, and targeting bigwig enterprise-sized operations. We are pumped for Stripe in this huge jump in valuation, with General Catalyst, Andreessen Horowitz, and Sequoia already in the round, and word that SoftBank has considered investment as well. But as for an IPO, Stripe president and co-founder John Collison says they're still very happy as a private company. With us today, we have Eric Yu, engineering manager at ProfitWell, to weigh in. Super excited to hear about Stripe's latest round. We and a lot of our customers use Stripe as a billing system, and their platform is definitely one of the easiest and most intuitive to work with. They've done a terrific job of kind of removing a lot of the financial complexities around running subscription businesses. So I'm really excited to see how this latest round of funding helps continue to push that ball forward. And streaming services are apparently paying a premium for nostalgia. Why? As the streaming war between moguls like Disney, HBO, Comcast, and Apple continue in full force, new platforms are looking to find and gain that coveted edge. In doing so, they have their radar on old-school content like Seinfeld, which Netflix paid a pretty penny for in the sum of 500 mil, and The Office, which Comcast dropped the same big bucks for. As The Hustle reports, it's hard to predict the ROI on these moves, as streaming expert Dan Rayburn highlights we have no actual information about what creates or reduces churn because there's no way to determine exactly why a user signs up for a given streaming service or whether one show can hook the bulk of subscribers. But for us old school loving viewers, we're pumped to have our favorites on lock. Now back to Grace to go deep on the future of female funding. I think it just in the air right now, and I'm hoping that it continues to be and that even more uh, money from LPs starts to flow towards women. More women are getting into the business of funding other women. The proof? An article by Business Magazine, Inc. reveals a new breed of funds has raised $2 billion for women founders. This number doesn't close the gap, but it's a start. I caught up with one female founder who's shattered her own glass ceilings, Marie Prokopetz. She's the co-founder of Use FYI and Product Habits. For me personally, I always worked in male-dominated industries before I got into tech. I used to work at Diageo, which is the biggest spirits company in the world. And I also was a strategy consultant before that. And that really made me kind of hyper aware of a lot of the challenges that women face at work and the disparities just on a day-to-day basis, as well as when it comes to fundraising. $100 billion is invested by venture capitalists every year. And 83% of that 
goes to all male teams. Has that number ever impacted you? At different points of my time working in tech over the last three years, I've actually considered raising a fund and I've helped about 300 founders work on their pitch decks. And it's pretty sad that really only a small part of those founders were companies that had female founders. So a small part of those companies, maybe like less than 10%. And that really mimics the statistic that you just said. So there are just really few women founders getting funded and also even trying. Prokopet said there's a few reasons why she thinks VCs don't invest more money in women. First, she says women aren't as comfortable talking about their own achievements. Second, women aren't as comfortable with negotiating. And third, men are less interested in the types of businesses women found. Her advice to change this? My advice to them has always been obviously pitch more female investors, but also pitch in a way that matches your audience. So how can they really help take their male investors through their story in a way that resonates with the male investor? So how do they change their story for that that audience? Another groundbreaking moment for women, Inc. put the first ever visibly pregnant CEO on its cover, Audrey Gelman, CEO of The Wing. It does bring more attention to female-founded businesses and also highlights a business that has been really successful, especially at fundraising. They've got almost $120 million in money that they've received from investors. At ProfitWell, our office is stacked with brilliant female leaders. Here's Peter Zotto, ProfitWell General Manager on Women Making Waves. I think we have, one, we have multiple working moms at ProfitWell. In leadership positions, we have Lily Bacher, who heads up our pricing strategy team. Specifically, we have our director of people ops, Meg Cologne, who's a working mom. In addition to that, we have folks like Lillian Mitchell, who spend time outside of the office speaking on panels about women in sales. Diversity of thought is incredibly important and women in in any role, be it leadership or otherwise, add a, a truly valuable opinion on things that, you know, frankly, groups of groups of dudes don't always think about. That's a wrap on your subscription news for September 23rd. We'll have more recurring revenue news for you here tomorrow. And now an inside look at tomorrow's game of overrated, underrated. Overrated or underrated? It's underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Tomorrow on Overrated, Underrated, we discuss... All right, what about what about our, our open floor office layout? Hmm, 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 that's interesting. Find this and more like it on recurnow.com. Today's subscription sapien is Leela Srinivasan, CMO at SurveyMonkey, who powers the curious with survey tools and believes wholeheartedly that feedback is essential for growth. And you know our ProfitWell crew is preaching just the same. Today, Leela shows us why she's so hell-bent on feedback for marketing success and how starting her career in the shower cleaner business got her headed for greatness. Although she has since become a master product marketer, Leela's background actually begins in history and English at the University of Edinburgh, later jumping into sales. Her first job in the U.S. was a company called Clean Shower, where she briefly served as a receptionist and eventually moved on up to marketing. Her extensive resume is nothing to scoff at, as we'll hear here in this clip from the Marketing Trends podcast. I moved to the States, uh, gosh, about 22 years ago, straight out of college. Uh, my first job was actually a startup in, wait for it, Jacksonville, Florida. That was a thing. And um, I found myself wearing a bunch of hats in the 18 months I was there, including marketing and PR for a little bit. So I had a taste of it. Then I actually ended up moving into sales. 
I uh, went actually to a company that had been a vendor of mine and I really liked the service, did that for a while, went to business school, loved my marketing classes, but it almost seemed too obvious to go into marketing, I think, at that point. So I went to management consulting instead and spent uh, three years at Bain & Company. And it, actually after that, so it was January 2010, I took my first step into what I considered to be marketing for real. Um, I ended up doing product marketing at LinkedIn. So it, I sort of took this very meandering path through a little bit of like vague marketing into sales, management consulting, and then found that a lot of the skills from, from business school and from management consulting were directly transferable into product marketing. And the rest, I guess, is history. Leela is now over at SurveyMonkey, acting as their first ever chief marketing officer. She has been there since April 2018 and is already making waves. Let's hear from Leela in this clip from the Marketing Trends podcast about what's going on over at SurveyMonkey since she stepped her foot through the door. As, as your career progresses, right, you index more and more on the people that you'll be working with. And um, I have to say that in all of my my conversations with uh, Xander, our CEO, with Tom, our president, with really the entire executive team, and then uh, the folks on my team. I was just so impressed and really felt this connection to the to the team. And so, so that's the first thing is just finding finding a great team to to be part of. And as part of that, I really admire the SurveyMonkey culture. So our mission as an organization is to power the curious, but we talk about SurveyMonkey as a place where the curious come to grow. I'm really uh, could not be more proud of the culture um, that has been built here over the years and the fact that we do really, I think, eat in our own restaurant and use our own tools to listen to feedback from employees uh, to continue evolving that, that culture and going from strength to strength. And you know our ears perk up when we hear the nod to feedback. ProfitWell is all about feedback as being non-negotiable, uses a tool to better our organization both internally and externally. Feedback is tricky, though. It can feel inherently personal by nature. But Lila agrees that without it, you're setting yourself up to fail in some fundamental way. Lila knows the world is still rife with companies not listening to their key stakeholders, a huge missed opportunity for growth in all realms. If you open up a newspaper and look at what's going on in the world, you'll see it abundantly. And she attests to that here. It's your customers and your employees with their honest and explicit feedback that will ultimately shape your company's success. Listen to this clip from an interview we did with her in 2018. I think the response is you open the, if you, if you still read a newspaper, if you open Flipboard for the day and look at what's going on in the world, the world is just rife with examples of companies not listening to their key stakeholders. Mm. So whether it's, for example, I think United rolled out some crazy bonus scheme where it was like a lottery to get bonuses, mm. or whether it's you know some challenging ad that a company's run where it just it feels tone deaf, it falls really flat, and actually has the potential to backfire and cause negative sentiment toward that brand. Right? The, I mean the. It's everywhere, right? Yeah. Uh, you look at you know what's going on inside organizations where employees are not feeling heard and so are running their own surveys mm. to get that point across, right? It's, it's everywhere we look. And I think that sends a clear message to organizations that you have to be listening. You have to be thinking yeah. through the points of view that matter the most to you. And typically, as I said, it's customers, it's employees, yeah. it's two core cons- sets of constituents who's, who's, who are essential to the company's success. Right. And so if you're not listening to that feedback, then I think you run the risk of really um, committing a faux pas 
And that can be internal and organizationally if you're not aware of how employees feel. And it can be externally and brand impacting if it's about uh, launching campaigns or doing something else where, you know, you're just getting the wrong kind of attention, basically. If you enjoyed this snippet into the subscription Sapien, share it with hashtag RecurNow and make sure you're subscribed to RecurNow to receive them straight to your inbox. And there you have it, your September 23rd episode of Recur Now. Check back here Tuesday where we break it on down for you again. And if you know anyone who'd want to get on the list to receive daily episodes, send them to RecurNow.com.